0: Usually we have choir rehearsal on Wednesday nights, but uh, last week we preempted choir rehearsals so that some of us might go across the street to a service and show uh, support for our uh, neighbors who had gotten some kind of crushing news about their tradition and... Uh, and so we had rehearsal on Saturday instead. And on the way to rehearsal yesterday, there was a train stopped on the tracks at Urie Drive and Florida Lucas Road when I was on my way here. There was a considerable line of traffic backed up, you know, at that particular intersection um, the, there's not a great distance between Erie Drive and East Kings Highway, if you're familiar with that stretch of road. And cars were backed up to the end of that and all the way around the corner. And you may be aware that there's a relatively dangerous escra er, there. Well, so I'm sitting in traffic and then suddenly I hear the emphatic rumble of a heavy-duty custom muffler and see a big pickup truck with, you know, oversized tires and lifters and all this and and a confederate flag rear-view windshield go by to head out in another direction. Um, Zoom cast... You know, even though it was a double yellow line and a no-passing zone, and it was a pretty dangerous S-curve, you know. Um. And then, not far behind them, a pretty handsome Lexus followed. And then uh, a Toyota. And I think the Chrysler was the next car. but But... So then there was a short pause between vehicles that were doing this. And then shortly there was a stream of traffic doing this, even though there were cars coming the other direction. So uh eventually that little stream of, of cars stopped and um uh, The traffic, the train moved and the traffic began in all directions. But there was apparently a suburban that that was not happy with the pace of that and decided, even though the traffic was moving, to go around and almost hit head on a car that was coming the other direction. Now, in this scenario, you know, the train was there for a long time. It finally Move, but in this scenario, what was what would your behavior be? Think about think about who you are in this in this puzzle. And um, I I know of some other things that happened in other places. Like there were people that after the train moved from there, it stopped someplace else, and there were people turning around and doing things like that. Um, they may have been better located than an S curve, but and what I want you to do is after you figure out what you would do in this scenario, then extrapolate. What if everybody did that? And and think about what happens. Now. There were clearly different levels of impatience. Um, And, but when I think about that, I think about, okay, there there are a lot of reasons for things like that. People can be um, in urgent circumstances. People may just have contempt for whatever rules are generally. They may have what in recovery programs we call terminal uniqueness and think, and, and think that the laws, you know, rules and laws don't apply to them. Um, that they may be individuals who have a particular inability to hold the tension or anxiety of a moment. Now, there are all these different things, and and I'm sure others, that can play into why people would behave different ways in these circumstances. But, But what we see changes how we feel about it pretty easily sometimes. Now, Harvard did a study that showed that by the age of six, Kids are already showing uh, a leniency tendency for kids in their small group. They have a real sense of fairness and, and, um, and they want things to be fair, but if people, if there's a circumstance where they can demonstrate selfishness, they will be less rigid with people from their own group who are selfish than they will be with people outside of their group who are selfish. And there was some there was some variation that happened by the time they were eight, um, but the, but the, I think it was the tolerance for selfishness diminished by the time they were eight, but they were still inclined to be more lenient with the people in their own group. Uh, So I think law is an interesting thing. We as creatures who live in communities are absolutely dependent on the cooperation of other people following whatever the codes are that we have set with one another. We expect people to stop at red lights, you know, and stop at stop signs, or uh, to go slower through neighborhoods than they do on the interstate. But we're all also pretty bad about making exceptions for ourselves, I think. How many people who actually drive have never sped, have never gone over the speed limit? <laughs> Show of hands. Uh, no, I don't see any. I have a friend who, bless her heart, um, fits kind of in the category of, of that terminal uniqueness, I think. She, she um, like you might see people with really expensive cars do, or will park in handicapped places just because they're vacant, and if nobody's using it, why can't I? but not extrapolating that if everybody does that, then they're none for the people. Anyway, um, and she, once upon a time, was at the shopping center over by Best Buy and, and Bed Bath & Beyond and Target and all that stuff, and there was an LSU store there that she pulled up to the curb and parked because she just had to run in for a minute. Um, I know there are ways that I am that blind to my own sense of privilege but I don't know what they are. And it takes community to teach me that. Now, we talk sometimes about what I've heard called cash register honesty, where if you work for somebody, you're not going to be stealing money out of their, your, their register drawers. But then there's what we call rigorous honesty, which is not being willing to say anything that isn't true. And then there's apparently a code that is somewhat broadly agreed upon, and and you're welcome to correct me on this, in business. I I, I know businessmen who don't follow that kind of loose translation of what's acceptable, but I know many, many who do. And I wonder if we extrapolate where the system stops. If you hedge a little bit on your taxes, if you if you go two miles over the speed limit, if you just slow down and don't actually stop at stop signs. I mean, you know, the idea that, that our uniqueness and um, is the deciding factor. Now we, I know, we look at circumstances. I know we think about, at least sometimes, what the impact is going to be on other people. That's one of the reasons it's hardest to be rigorously honest. You don't want to hurt people's feelings. But justice is something that happens in relationship. And if We are accustomed to some comfort. I mean, we have air conditioning and heat. We're out of the rain. Somehow we got here. I see lean people, but I don't see anybody that looks emaciated, so I guess we get some food Um, but if, like the, uh, Adrian, see now I'm forgetting her name, Adrian Rich quote, if justice starts from the bottom up, then we have to be willing to let people who don't necessarily understand the circumstances the way that we would lead us. And we have to assume that we don't know all of the factors that play into that. Just like I personally found it relatively easy to think unkind things about the first car that went by when the the train stopped us. I didn't take into consideration all the factors that could be a part of that. And by my assumption, I closed my circle. Now, if justice is something we're trying to spread, the way that we do that is becoming more aware of our own blindnesses, I think because if we if we're active about that, if we do that then once again we have more understanding to carry out into the world with us and that's actually a way, one way to work on justice now, Legal systems can be changed. Laws are wrong sometimes. Codes shift over time. People change, culture changes. And the way that we have impact in those things is personal responsibility. We were in the uh, adult education class this morning uh, talking about, one of the things that we were talking about is how Louisiana is so very rich in resources and so very poor in quality of life. All of the indicators when they're put together, Louisiana is 50th. But we're in the top 10 in oil and rice and... uh, Natural gas and salt and one of the biggest ports in the country, I mean, like five of the biggest ports in the country, I think. We were, but the way that we change that is we get involved. Uh, We were also talking about incarceration and reentry and all of these things and the programs that we work on are driven by the individuals. The way that we change those organizations or make those organizations effective is to be part of them, to contribute, to bring the peace that we have to bring. Now, because it's easier to be lenient on people in our own groups think we need to study other groups more and let other people lead, even if we have a sense of our own um, qualifications perhaps to do that. We can be biased by language, we can be biased by uh, experience, but if we want people who don't have power to have power, we have to give them power. Or, or take our hands off of some of it. And know the difference between when that's our job to do and when it's our job to be active and strong. I'm sure none of this is news to y'all. There's an article in a quarterly we get sent to us magazines called the UU World. If you're a member of the church, you should be on the mailing list for this. And if you are a member and don't get this, you need to let us know so that we can make sure you get on the list and receive the magazine. This month's magazine, I mean, this spring edition of the magazine cover story says, nothing we do will be perfect. To work for justice, religious liberals should let go perfectionism. There was a lot of it I wanted to share with you because I know there are people here that don't get the magazine. But what it talks about is that justice is not easy comfortable work and when it's the most essential work that we can be doing it won't be fun so how much do we want to be a just people A lot of you have careers that are service-oriented and you do justice like work in your fields every day. I would still invite us to look inward and see what kind of changes we can continue to make. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. If we want to be the change that we hope to see, then we have to change. UUs are bad about thinking they need to lead. UUs are bad about thinking our information is more important or that somebody else isn't going to have the information that we need to share. Sometimes that just ain't so. So, with us and justice, I think the first slice is regain humility. And that's one step, and then another step, and then another step.